Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Good morning, Movement Church. (laughs) I know I've already said it, but I'm just saying it again. I um, have the honor and the privilege this morning to get to introduce you to our guest speaker today. And and I'm so excited to, to take a moment here because the reason that we exist as a church, you know, I don't know how many of you know the whole story. If you don't know the story, you should come to our Next Steps course right after second service today, shameless plug. You should definitely come check it out. But just a taste of the story is that Eight years ago, my husband and I moved to South Orange County with a dream in our heart to to plant a church, to start a church, praying that God would send an amazing group of people to come and, and help be a part of that because we believe that God's called us to make a difference here in Orange County, to inspire the one who's far from God to find life in Christ and life in the church. And, and before we moved out here, we were actually serving at an amazing church in Phoenix, Arizona, called Lifelink Church. We were serving some of the very best pastors in the entire planet. And um, the reason we're here today is because Pastor Dave and Cherie Wright, who are on the front row, believed in Carrie and I. And, And they pastored us and really taught us what it looks like to be a pastor and to lead a church. And and they're like a spiritual mom and dad to us. And, and I'm just saying, the reason we exist and we're here is because they championed a dream that was in our heart to move out here to start a church. And not only did they just champion the dream and, and cheer us on, but they said, listen, we're gonna get behind you too. We know this is a big deal and, and we're gonna support you. And we're gonna help make sure your salary is covered for the first year and even into the second year, whatever it takes, because you need to do this thing that God's put in your heart. So Movement Church, you need to understand, we would not exist as a church. You would not be sitting in these seats if it was not for the man and woman woman who are gonna join me on the stage in just a moment. And so I just wanna ask you to help me show honor where honor is due and to get on your feet and to give a great big round of applause for Pastor Dave and Sheree Wright. Will you guys come on up here? Come on, church. Dave's going to be preaching to you today. You are in store for something good. But before he dives into his message, Cherie's just going to say hi because she loves you too. Yes, I do. And it's so good to see all of you. Movement Church, you're amazing. You are amazing. And we send love from LifeLink in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, we send a little heat this way. And, uh, but you guys are on fire and we believe what God is doing here. You are a blessed congregation with amazing, amazing um, people with Pastor Carrie and Megan. We hated to see them go, but we know what God is doing in them or we knew what God was doing in them and what God was going to do out here. And look, look around you. This is it. And the good thing is, it's not going to stop here. It's going to continue on. And so our, from our church, we send love, we send blessings, and um, we're just excited to be a part uh, of the little part that we got to play. So we love you, Movement Church, and get ready for somebody who is on fire, my husband. 
Oh, that means, means the world to hear, but thank you, baby girl. All right, listen, as you're being seated this morning, I echo my wife's uh, heart and sentiment and feelings for you guys. We love you like family. Even though uh, a line uh, separates the two states, we really feel family across the lines, and so it's really a joy to be here. So um, uh, I want to echo uh, what Pastor Cherie said to you, Pastor Megan, and to Pastor Kerry, who's in the lawn, the wood lawn, the red lawn, the some, somewhere land, something, wherever you're at and you're watching this. We miss you, uh, but I know that you're excited about what God's doing there, but you should have seen what God was doing here, so you missed it wherever you were. So anyway... Uh, but it's true, Pastor Megan, uh, that uh, Shri and I are just delighted to be a part of your story. Uh, it is an honor to be an, a part of your launch. And so we did. We were privileged to help serve for that salary for a year. What, I can't remember the times, but long enough to, to make sure you were, <laughs> or 10, or I'm just kidding. But, but really, uh, a part of listening to the sound of that dream, and they had a yes in their spirit. And when you hear a yes that's got destiny on it, you sow into it. So we did that. But I'll tell you, the, here's how the kingdom of God works. They did it first. See, when we planted LifeLink Church in 2006, we were less than a year old when they had a yes in their spirit that they moved from Texas to land in LifeLink for a season. And it was that yes that brought our lives back together because we actually knew them before that. See, what you may not know is Pastor Shree and I knew them when they were in fifth and sixth grade, which is why she calls us a father in the, in the faith and father and mother to them because we've known them forever. We know all the stories and we won't tell any of them. We just, I'm just kidding. There's no bad stories to tell. So there you have it. So anyway, uh, you're really blessed to, to have these great pastors. Let, let me tell you, beyond being kind to them, and they're worth being kind to, it has to do with who you are. Here's what I mean. We know the shape of leaders that they are because we have the proximity to them and the perspective of them that lets us see how God used them in a local church. But I use them on the national stage and an international reach. What it says about you is that God's called you with a similar DNA. The reason you're here today, if you've been around the Movement Church for more than a week or two, is because there's a divine calling in your life, and it's similar. It's similar enough to what God's doing with them that God, your Father, knew you needed to be in this house in order to get you where you're supposed to go. So it says a lot about you, and we just want to celebrate what God is doing, not just in the church, but in you. You guys are amazing. So, Pastor Shreen, I love you guys, and we're proud of y'all like nobody's business. And so it's a joy to serve as an overseer in your house. And so uh, I, because we are overseers, I have uh, a role to play. But I, because you're the father and mother of this house, I do submit this back to you to say, I'm going to feel free to say, but if you need to unsay, then you unsay when I leave. And so there you have it. Okay. Um, Pastor Shree and I have the privilege of being uh, married now tomorrow for 30 years. 30 years. And all I can say is, baby, you've got some long-distance uh, endurance because you put up with me for 30 years, so thank you. <laughs> but uh, for, the, for the record, long marriages are in, so just pass that word on. Long marriages are definitely in, so we celebrate that. And I found out that there are two other people in this church celebrating 30th anniversaries tomorrow, too. Apparently, it was a really good year, so I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, we do, and we've had the privilege of, of raising. Uh, we only could have one daughter, uh, naturally, and so we had the daughter of, uh, privilege of raising a daughter, Lacey. Let me show you a couple of pictures. Since we're going to be together for a few minutes anyway, you might as well know who's in our tribe. If I can get those pictures up. Of, there you go. So this is our daughter, Lacey. You probably think she looks like Megan's daughter, but it's, it's really ours. And so... Um, that's her husband, James. He's an extraordinary uh, young man doing a great job. And that's their first little girl uh, who is, makes his grandparents. Her name is Emma Cherie. That's Emma Cherie. And she looks all shy and everything in that picture. That's not her at all. Look at this picture. This is who she really is. 
So I'm just saying she is a little pistol. But James and Lacey, uh, having been married now for six or seven years, I think it is, have given us our second granddaughter, and that's, this is Nova Joy. And so we love, love, love our, our uh, daughter and uh, her husband and our grandbabies. But yes means yes for lots of reasons. And so years ago, God put it in our hearts that, uh, in fact, my wife, when she was five years old, started thinking about what it would be like to adopt a baby. And so she used to tell her dad, because she heard, uh, in, in a child's perspective, she heard that sometimes people throw babies away. And so she used to make her dad, she used to ask, can we stop in that? There's a trash bag. Maybe there's a baby in there. Or there's a dumpster, dad. Maybe there's a baby in there. So at a, as a little early baby, little baby girl herself, God put it in her heart to do that. And so um, we have talked on and off about fostering or adopting. And so what's interesting is just last summer, we finished the foster college there in Arizona and had the privilege then of becoming foster parents. And so here's our little foster baby I want you to meet. This is, we call her Sweets. Her real name is Chloe, um, but we call her Sweets. She's nine months old now. And uh, so we had an empty nest for about six or seven years and thought we, thought we were in the clear. Dads, if you know what I mean. But then there was that calling and the yes came back into focus. And so we had the privilege now of raising this little girl. And the truth is, it looks like within the next few weeks, the judge has already signaled that he's going to change the case uh, it's already changed the case, and there's a good chance that we're going to be able to adopt her. And so we'll have a second chance. So anyway, so you never know where yes takes you, but I will tell you it's an adventure, and we're going to be talking a little bit about that today. Here's what I do know, that uh, nothing I say in the next 15 or 20 minutes is going to make a difference if the Holy Spirit doesn't do what he does. So you're going to hear words, but I don't want them to be words in search of a meaning. There's words that contain the Word of God for you today. And so I'm going to ask that you just orient your heart towards the, being willing to accept them and listen for what God says to you. The most important thing you'll hear in the next 25 minutes is what God talks to you about while my mouth is moving. So it may be something I'm saying, but it may be something you hear. But if you'll intentionally lean into that, I promise you God's going to talk to you today. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we welcome you into these moments. These moments belong to you because we anchor our life and a book filled with your words. And you said you and your word are one. Which means, Lord, when we study your scripture, we're listening to your voice. Today, God, I submit my words to your hand that you would speak through my mouth. That you would cause the images and concepts that you've put together in my spirit for this congregation today to be on point. And to be uniquely tailored for this congregation. Not just this congregation, but for this service. You know exactly who's here. So, Lord, I yield myself to you for your glory, their blessing. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. All right. Well, let me uh, start this morning by saying I'm going to talk to you in the next 25 minutes or so about uh, seasons and attitudes and things that those, how those two things work together uh, to make a difference in your life as it, as it applies to the next few uh, weeks, months, and years. But I want to start today by showing you a couple of pictures, and we'll see if you can recognize some things these pictures have in common. I'm ready to remember maps, like paper maps. How about these? All right. What about that? What about those? And then that. And then that. Ew. All right. So uh, quick uh, scan through some pictures. Some of you are old enough, and you know every one of those pictures. Some of you are like, what were those? So anyway, my whole point in showing you that was 
that for every season, there is something that is needed for that season that shows up as an idea, and then a design, then a construction, then an implementation, a utilization, and then a phase-out. In other words, there is a time that a tool is optimally used for, and then its use begins to diminish. We would not have the benefit of what that tool is designed for if there was never an initial, yes, I think I'm going to do this. But the truth is, if we get stuck on a tool and we don't, we don't move with the seasons, then we, not just the tool, but we begin to fade out as well. In other words, what God wants to do in us begins to diminish if we're not willing to continue changing as the seasons change. I mentioned just a few minutes ago that my wife and I are sharing the responsibility to foster, uh, perhaps soon adopt a little baby. Right now, she's nine months old, which means we're still changing diapers. And I said we on purpose because we are definitely changing those diapers. Uh, we're not getting much sleep through the night, uh, and so we're working our way through that, although she's getting better. So we've already done one round of this, but we're raising a new daughter with the same values, but different tools. In other words, now we have experience that we didn't have when we raised our first daughter. Now there's technology and tools and understandings that we didn't have 20, 27 years ago when we started the journey with Lacey. So she'll be raised in a home with the same character, same values, different techniques. Y'all see the difference? So we are changing but she has to change, too, because right now we are changing her diapers. If in 25 years we're still changing those diapers, there's a problem, right? In other words, unless there's a health problem. But the issue is, at some point, she's got to grow out of that. And so what parents do is parents draw up out of children the growth and development that they need in order to be optimized in their lives. That's what parents do. Parents don't coddle what children want. They draw up destiny out of them. I want to tell you, in case you didn't know this, that you're not supposed to be raising children. You're supposed to be raising adults. And part of the way you raise adults, not raise children, is you recognize what's in them and draw it up out of them before they recognize it. And if they follow your leadership as a wise parent, they'll become what God's called them to become. Does that make sense? Because there is a season and a time for everything. And that's what we're going to be looking at. I want to share a couple of different passages in the Old Testament. And each of these have to do specifically with two different things. One is the, the power of seasons and how God uses them. And the second is the power of attitude. And that's something you do. And so let's take a quick look here at the first passage of Scripture. Because I, I believe that this is going to be an interesting journey through you. I've been intrigued for a number of years with a verse in Scripture that perhaps for most people might just be a throwaway verse because it doesn't seem to be important. It doesn't sound that great. It doesn't zing you with a whole lot of, oh, that's crazy. But yet there is something I believe if you take a step back and look at the setting that it's in will actually mean something powerful to you. And this is the spirit that I sense in your church, which is one of the reasons I'm focusing on this today. In the Old Testament, one of the things God was doing was connecting his original creation in Adam and Eve all the way to the person of Christ that stands between the Old and New Testament and then up into our lives and into the future. In other words, God is working on something. 
through that cycle of his plan and purpose in the earth, he was actually working with a group of people that he began to call his own people. And he identified a group of people that as his people, even though he created everyone, but he identified one group so that it would be clear to everyone what happens when a group of people respond to him as their God. So for a, a specific season of time, God used that mode. And in the middle of all that, one thing was happening, and that was there were seasons of change between leadership. So Israel's first king was a man named Saul, who was a mixed bag. And there were some really cool things about him, but there were some really bad things about him too. And tragically, he died. Touch your neighbor and say, oh, he died. Yeah, and that's about all we need to know about that. He died. However, there was a young man who grew up in his, in his era of leadership, a young man named David, that God then used to transition into the, the place of leadership. And so there was, a, there was this kind of moment between Saul's death and David's actual leadership that we see this scene happen. And really what's going on is the, the tribes and their leaders and everyone's beginning to coalesce around David, and that's the momentum he needs actually to fulfill what God spoke over him through the prophet Samuel when he anointed him with oil and said, you're going to be the king. So eventually, whatever God says eventually comes through leaders eventually comes out by people coalescing around leaders to become what he wants to do. Do y'all follow that? Okay, listen, for the record, you're going to have to work with me here a little bit. I grew up Pentecostal. If you don't know what that means, you're okay. But Pentecostals need a little feedback because that lets me know you're not asleep. And, uh, and so every once in a while, I'll ask you something, and I'm going to encourage you to go with me because if you don't, I'll think you're asleep, and that gives me license to preach for hours. Because that's how I was raised in church. I think these little 25-minute messages are just kind of teasers. But because I want to honor the house, I'm going to give you 17 more minutes worth to listen clip, unless you go to sleep. I'm just kidding. So the bottom line is, uh, as we're watching God do this through leaders, there's this, there's this moment that you're going to see something, I believe, in this scripture that God wants to connect with you on for you. And when I say you, I'm specifically talking about who you are as a church. But more personally, I want to talk to who you are as you. Because this is not just about Movement Church. It is about Movement Church, but not just about Movement Church. It's about you. All right. First Chronicles chapter, uh, 20, uh, excuse me, chapter 12, verse 32, reads this way. And from the tribe of Issachar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. And all these men understood the times, the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. There you have it. Just kind of a single little verse about 200 people, and how's that significant? Well, you might even think more of that if you took a step back and look at the setting of what that was going on, because for about 15 verses in chapter 12, there is a list of hundreds of thousands, literally 340,832, I believe it is, people that God coalesces around David in chunks of thousands to tens of thousands. So why would God put in the list, this measly 200-sized group of people when he's adding 340,000 to what's going on. This is what I want you to see. I believe God knows what we're talking about today and knew exactly who people just like you are and what you need in order to believe what he wants to do. So let's look at this carefully. From the tribe of Issachar, there were 200, everyone say 200, 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives, and these men understood the what? Signs of the times, that's the seasons, and they knew the best course for Israel to take. So if if you're actually taking notes or want to take pictures of the screen, write this down. The first thing we're recognizing today is they recognized the season that they lived in. 
They recognized the season that they lived in. But more importantly, they also knew how to respond to the changing seasons. So they recognized and knew what to do about it. They recognized and knew what to do about it. And that's important. That's important. It's important to recognize changes and seasons of changing and how to respond to them. Because if we don't respond, God's plan is going to keep moving. We live in a timeline and we stay attached to what he's doing in his unfolding plan and purpose by the power of one word. It's a simple word. Really, I could just tell you everything. The message in a single word is no matter what God said, just say yes. That if I said that, then I'm not worth having in front of you. So I got to preach about 30 minutes around the word yes for you to get the whole point of today. Got it? So everyone say yes. You are experiencing the unfolding plan and purpose right now of God's timeline. The way we stay connected to what he's doing and the greatness he's created us for is to keep our yes connected to what God's doing and saying. Today, I want to I help you lubricate your yes sir a little bit. You know what your yes sir is? That's, that's response on the inside of you that says, would you be willing to do this? Would you be willing to do that? Or God prompts you and says, hey, I want you to do this. Yes no matter what it is. Yes. I saw a couple of pictures on the, uh, in the group this morning. I want to mention two names to you that, that might help bring this into context because yes, over time is what makes the difference. How many of you know what compound interest is? How it works? It starts ease, eek, it just ekes out like it takes forever to make 10 bucks in compound interest. <laughs> it's like I could have just put 10 bucks in there, but that's not the point. It's the, it's the power of compounding. Over time, it stays in there, and then there's an explosive moment when all of a sudden it begins to really show up, and then it takes off. Got it? But if you interrupt the compounding early on, it stops that that accelerated rate. If you keep interrupting the compounding, eventually you never get this. You just keep starting over and over and over. Let me tell you what. I see far too many people whose lives look like that. Boom, 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 boom. You know why? Because they never yesed their way into where God had them to be planted, and they didn't yes their way into what God wanted to do in that family. But today I saw two. Is, is uh, Brooklyn still in here? Brooklyn, where are you? There's Brooklyn. How old were you when movement started? Seven. All right, seven. Everyone remember seven. And Tanner, where did you go? Hey, Tanner, I saw you up there too. How old were you when movement started? Huh? Twelve. So 7 and 12. Today, you had in front of you leading this crowd in worship a 7 and 12-year-old seven years ago. And here's what I want you to see. God saw today seven years ago and knew, knew you needed that today. So seven years ago, he put it in that little girl's heart, even though she didn't have much choice. I mean, let's be real. And Tanner's heart to be in a group. I met Jeff at the door. He's one of the greeters over here. He said he was one of the first people. Was he on a launch team or something? One of the first, pe- very beginning first service or something along those lines. He said, I was, we were praying about a church. I got the mailer the next day and said, this is the church we need to go to. Listen, that one yes made all the difference in the world. Not just to him, but to see that Tanner. What nobody knew was the power of what that yes would be over time. So that yes started, it got tied to the next yes, to the next yes, to the next yes, to the next yes. And they didn't interrupt that 
Tanner, you're still here. You stayed here. You stayed involved the whole time, right? Listen, parents, you have no idea what your children, the world your children are growing up in. The best thing you can do to them is what Jeff did to Tanner, which is this is the church we're going to. I don't know if he said this or not, but I'm going to pretend he said it. So you're going to get in the youth group, and you're going to stay in the youth group, and I don't care if you don't want to go to youth group. You're going to stay in that kid's ministry, in that youth group. I don't care what you think. You're going to need this someday. Something along those lines, right? Because that's what parents do. See, parents don't hover and coddle and accommodate. Parents direct. Parents call up out of their children what they will need someday. Brooklyn, same for you. There were, I know because our daughter Lacey was raised in a church planner's home. And there are times that we, even church planners don't want to go to church. But we still go to church. My whole point in the first part of this is the power of what happens when you recognize the seasons. There's a season. God brought you here in a season. And God wants to use you in this season. There's a time and a place for everything, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So as we're going through this this morning, my hope for you is you understand the fact that there is something God wants to do in you today by burrowing deeply into your spirit this power of something called yes. Because your yes to him and his leaders today are tied directly to something that's coming in your future that you won't know how to get to unless you're actually tied to what he's doing. And how God ties us to what he's doing is yes in our spirit to his direction. And most of the time, just like, just like our parents were to us, we don't want to do what the leaders say. Did you like broccoli when you were four? No. <laughs> but you needed it. Right? So there is something that I sense God doing in this church. This service is different than the last service. You're here. And God knows exactly what you need to hear. So yes, yes, yes. The other part of yes, and then I'm going to move to my last scripture, is this. There's a part of us that doesn't want to give our yes because we want to see what's on the other side, and then we'll decide. That's the way humans work. It's not the way God works. Every time, the way God works is do this. Would you do this? Would you do that? Would you do this? Come and follow me. Where are we going? You'll see. Come and follow me. How does it work? You'll find out. Go on this assignment. What do we do? You'll figure it out. You'll know. In other words, everything about the kingdom of God is an invitation or a directive, and then the ball is on our court. Will we say yes? So if you're at Movement Church, and this is your third time at Movement Church, you're in a great place. You're, you've landed today as a guest in a church filled with destiny. God wants this church, called this church, convened it to make a difference in this county, in our nation, and around the world. So my question to you is, specifically for those of you who've been here at least six months. So if you've been here less than six months, you're still kind of on the, in the welcome. We're really glad you're here. And that's true for everyone. We, we are. But if you've been here longer than six months, I have a couple of questions for you. Number one, are you in a connect group? Oh, I'm not into that kind of stuff, Pastor Dave. That's why you're where you are. Blunk. Blunk. That's why you're not breaking through yet. Have you, have you, been, to, have you been through the... It's only, two, it's only two steps long. Next steps? Oh, my gosh, it's two Sundays long. Have you been to it yet? Well, no. Why not? I don't want to. Sure. Just stay there again. 
Say, I want to challenge out of you destiny. I want to call out of you something that your mind doesn't want to give up on. So your mind thinks you'd rather stay there, but what your spirit knows is I'm supposed to be doing that. Listen, everybody, look at me. Lock eyes with me just for a second. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know there's something more. You know. If you're breathing, there's a haunting knowledge in the inside of you. There's got to be more. I know there's more. And you know how God feels more? Yes. He always ties more with yes. He always does it. So if you're in the movement and attending, and you have been for six months or longer, and you've not been through next steps, come on. Don't let it start. Isn't after this service, right? Listen, they'll watch your kids as long as they need to. If At least today they will, because I, I put <laughs> Pastor Megan on the spot. Start today. Take two Sundays and just give God two Sundays to see where will he take your yes. Because you don't know where you'll be 12 or 7 years from now like a 12-year-old was and a 7-year-old. Right? You won't know that. But I promise you, if you give God yes when it's tiny and you keep giving him yes, he'll take you to places of profound, uh, profound importance and leadership significance. You're being led by pastors who lived it. I'm speaking to you today from that posture. My first job at a, in, the, in the church, well, I was a sound man. Listen, you can get anywhere from yes. But if you won't give God your yes, it's not going to work. You just keep cutting it off, cutting it off. But if, you're yes, if you'll land with a solid yes in the house of God, and you'll grow in that house, you'll eventually hit this huge return where you, all of a sudden, like Jeff does, he's, I was watching him. He's greeting over here looking at, looking at Tanner. He's doing the sound check or whatever it was. I saw pride in his eyes. And I looked at him and said, aren't you glad you've raised your son in a house that's drawing destiny out of him? Something along those lines. How about it, Jeff? Is that real? Money won't pay for that, will it? Amen. I just want to, I want, I just, I want to encourage you. There is something about yes that only yes can do. There's a time and season for everything. And your yes ties you into that. Last thing I'll do, let me look quickly at Judges chapter 7. Because this is about attitude. And this is about the attitude that we need that's willing to look beyond our own interests. Judges chapter 7 is talking about uh, a strategy God gave Gideon. And Gideon was a leader who was going to move his people into a posture to win a battle. But God knew that the people needed for that battle were the people who had yes in their spirit for that season. And he didn't want to send anybody into that battle who were not ready for it in their spirit. So he said, Gideon, there's too many of the wrong people here, so I'm going to show you what to do. So he said this, there's still too many, so bring them down to the string, and I'll test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. Because God doesn't want to send somebody into a battle who's not ready for it. So he says, I'm going to, I'll test you. By the way, a test, you know why teachers give students tests? It's not so they'll know what the student is knowing so much as it is for the students to know what the student knows. The truth is, three years from now, you won't care. Your teacher won't care, won't remember, couldn't care less what you scored on that test. Right? And all the teachers said. <laughs> but what we do know is tests give us the opportunity to see this. So that's the way our God is. He tests us, but it's not just to prove a point. He wants us to know where we are so he can help us get positioned well. So when Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide them in into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water into their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. Which is a weird way to say, get a drink of water. But listen to how the story unfolds. 
And the other group put all those who kneeled down and drank it with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. Just wait for a second. Listen to this. All of them were thirsty or they wouldn't have taken a drink of water. But the Lord showed Gideon there's there's a number of people who drank water looking out primarily just for their their own interest. I'm so thirsty. (laughs) And then there's some who lapped it up like this. Right? That was the picture. The Lord told Gideon, with the 300 men, I will rescue and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. Here's what God was really dealing with. There's a group of people in the army, in the team, who are only looking out for what's in it for them. I'm so thirsty. I couldn't care less what's going on around me right now. I just want to know I've got to get my needs met. But there were some of the warriors who said, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty, but I'm paying attention. God said, that's the one you're looking for. Pastor Megan, I want you to know, there will be people in this church who walk up to you by the dozens. A hundred people before the summer's over will come up to you and say, Pastor Megan, here's my yes. Pastor Carrie, here's my yes. What do you need? I want, to, I want to prophesy that and speak over your lives, that the key to your destiny in your future, and you know it, you know you're called for more, is to be like these men. You know why? Because God chose to use those who recognized it wasn't just about for them. God chose. God chose to do that. Boy, I feel the presence of God. Holy Spirit, I feel you in this place. I feel you in this place, God. Would you just bow your heads and let me pray for you this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak with a prophetic anointing over this group today. For every person who is a part of the movement church by way of involvement and contribution and serving, and everyone who is here because someone invited them to come, and those that are watching and streaming the service online and everywhere in between. I pray in the name of Jesus that, there was, that they will respond with that spirit of yes in their heart. And that the yes will align them with what you've called them to become and what you've called them to, to actually do. I thank you, Lord, for it. Please stay there just for a moment with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I'm speaking right now prophetically to a group in here. There's about three dozen people in here. And you know what God's talking to you about through this message is spot on. You've been holding out on God. You've not not had your yes out for people, for your leaders. You've been thinking they're going to take advantage of me. But I promise you this. God uses leaders to leverage people up, not take advantage of them. So the only thing that will ever happen to you uh, in the life of the movement church is if you bring your yes out, I promise you, your leaders, your pastors, your team leaders will start leveraging that up. And you'll find your destiny lived out through the power of that yes. So God, I just seal this today by the work of the Holy Spirit and give you thanks for it. Now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, there's one more group of people I want to pray over today, and that is this. There's a group of people today. You know that the yes you need to give is a yes to Jesus Christ. Because you've been living your life 
your own way for you by your own rules. You've not been submitted to his lordship or his leadership in your life at all. But you can feel the spirit of God pulling on you today. So today I want to ask that you would be ready to give your yes to Jesus. In about 30 seconds, I'm going to lead this congregation in a prayer. I'm going to ask that you be willing to pray out loud with your heart fully engaged, which is the, the biblical prayer of repentance. Practically speaking, we're going to tell Jesus we're sorry for living our own way, which is called sin. We're going to acknowledge his lordship and his uh, sacrifice that he made when he died on the cross to pay for your sins. We're going to ask him to become the Lord of your life. We're going to ask him for the spirit of God to fill you so that you live out his calling and his plan and purpose under his lordship for the rest of your life. Right now, you're at a moment of, you're at a point of destiny. And God brought you to this service for this reason, that you would say yes to Jesus. I'm going to ask that you say yes in your spirit right now. If you know this is for you, in about 15 seconds, I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, if you're saying yes to Jesus today, I'm going to ask you to throw your hand up and let me know who I'm praying with so I can connect with you and I can pray in agreement with you. One, this is not confusing. You already know who you are. Two, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way to make you get up out of your seat, make you come to the front. I'm not going to make you do anything. The only thing I want to see is when, you, when I say three, if you know this is your day, so you throw your hand up and say, Pastor Dave, it's time for me to say yes to Jesus for once and for all. Ready? Three. Keep your hands up right now. Leave them up just long, high enough so I can see them. One. Who else? Two, three, four, five, six. Who else? Seven, eight, nine. Who else? Well, I know there's more hands. I can feel it in here. I'm going to scan one more time. Leave them up just for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, nine hands. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I'm going to ask that all nine of you with your hands having been lifted and everybody else to join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, come on, everybody. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me enough to give me the truth of your Bible. Jesus, thank you for loving me enough to die for my sins. I'm asking you to forgive me for every sin I've ever committed, that you would wash me and cleanse me and make me new. Today, I'm giving my whole life to you. I'm choosing to follow you as my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, no turning back in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Come on, you guys, let's put our hands together and give the Lord thanks. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.